I think I still pray that way. I think there's times where I still ask him for things, obviously. I'm human. And I still have needs and desires. But it feels like I'm not just talking to some mystical thing out there that I don't know really cares or will even come to my aid and my rescue. It feels like someone now who wants to sit with me by a river. Hey everyone, welcome to Centered, a podcast dedicated to exploring spiritual practices for everyday people. We're really glad that you're here joining us. Uh, my name is Carl Helvig, one of the hosts, and I'm joined with two good friends today, uh, Roy Graham. Great, Roy, great to have you here with us. Thanks, Carl. Good to be here. And then a new guest on the Saturn podcast, uh, Steph Bergstrom. Steph, so glad you're here with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Good. Um, like you guys know, we are exploring during this season, season three, we're exploring a prayer practice called interactive prayer. Roy uh, said last week, um, prayer at its best, if we really want to be transformed by God, we can't just talk at God. We, we need to, we need to, and well, and not we need to, but we're invited to interact with God. Um, Roy, would you just take a take a second and give a couple little reminders? Uh, you know, if, if somebody came in brand new, of kind of what we talked about the last couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, if you think about every other areas of our lives, if you think mm -hmm. about the other ways in which we have relationship with people, it's always interactive. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're a parent, you're a friend, you're a husband you know, your professional speaker, your whatever, there's always this give and take in order for relationship to work, right? As a, as a father of three daughters, I can't expect us to grow in relationship if they're just telling me all the time what they want and how I should do it and when I should do it and, and hopefully some good, good things in there too occasionally, but it has to be interactive. Yeah. I have to be able to say, honey, this or that, or, and they have to, you know, so that we get that. And, the truth is, um, every relationship that we have is just an example or a reality of the relationship. Wow. The relationship that is God. God himself is interactive with himself. He's a trinity, right? And so he makes us out of that. And so we're made for interaction. We're made for communication, dialogue, relationship, back and forth. And that's really what we're talking about when we talk about interactive prayer is that God is actually speaking all the time. He's uh, in various forms. It's not mm -hmm. always audible. In fact, it hardly ever is just audible. Yeah. Uh, but through nature, through friends, through experience, he is interacting. He's reaching out to us all the time. And so the life of prayer that we're talking about as an area of discipline or area of growing in our faith is that. How do we interact with him? How do we learn to do that? How do we, how do we trust our interactions with him? much in the same way that my daughters growing up had to learn to trust me and their interactions with me and vice versa. Now that they're young adults, all the more. And it's, that's the same thing. And what's yeah. really fun about this way of thinking and, and experiencing and growing is not only is it transformative and actually seeing transformation happen in a lot of ways, but this has been true throughout church history, right? Yeah. We see that, we see that throughout scripture. God is an interactive God in scripture. Jesus himself is interactive. Um, church history, the, the mystics and all the saints that we look at across church history all had this kind of interactive relationship. And what's fun for me, just kind of as a, a geeky kind of practitioner for the last 30 years of trying to figure this out, <laughs> is that brain science and psychology have caught, caught up to say, hey, actually, here's some scientific stuff that says interaction makes a difference. It actually heals our brains. Yeah. And so now we see sort of a 
a three-legged stool, but biblical, history, and science all coming together to say, we are made for interaction. Mm. That's so good. Well, and if uh, anybody listening is interested in hearing more, uh, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes of this season, encourage you to go back and do that. Um, and maybe even, you know, I, I really like the way you describe that as a relationship with God is really um, uh, uh, in parallel with any relationship we have. It's just, it's just it's just kind of the same sort of thing. So I wonder if all of us, I mean, we could really start by just taking a minute and saying, when I think about my spiritual life, my relationship with God, my faith, my prayer practice, whatever term we put on, when I think about that, would I say it's interactive? That's just such a good question. And, and our hope um, is that anybody listening would find this to be a space where that possibility might become a little more familiar and might grow a little more um, in each of our lives. As I know all of us here um, would say it continues to be grow uh, an area of growth in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and to that end, um, Steph, glad you're here. And, and Steph's come to share a little bit, like we just said, about the way that this idea, that prayer can be interactive. It can be a conversation. It can be a two-way street. Um, how that's been really powerful in her life. So Steph, maybe w- would you just, uh, I mean, one, you can introduce yourself a, a, a little more, um, but tell us what, when did you first hear about or, or brush up against this idea of interactive prayer? And, and listeners, you know that we've said there's a lot of different words and phrases around this. So, you know, interactive, don't get stuck on the term interactive prayer. We're trying to kind of cast the net wide, but wh- yeah, tell us a little bit, uh, you know, about what, wh- when you first came across this idea. Steph. Sure. Thanks, Carl. So I started attending here 18 years ago, mm. hard to believe. Um, and now I'm fortunate to be on staff at Centennial and wear some other hats. Um, have a couple, have three kids and a husband and a busy home at life, um, busy life at home. But the way I really first um, bumped up against interactive prayer was probably just in a desperate time where mm. I was feeling burnt out, tired, exhausted, and going through the motions of my faith. I became a Christian when I was five. I grew up in a family that was mostly involved in full-time ministry. Um, And so I had had lots of opportunities to have God be in my life and me to be with God, but I did not feel like it was even a almost yearly practice where I really Mm -hmm. felt his presence and his comfort. And so for me, my first I, I had a couple of moments where I really felt like I heard from God through my life. So I, I knew it was possible. I had had some significant encounters, but it had not become a daily um, practice that I kind of dreamed and longed to have. It, that seemed like a fleeting dream that mm-hmm. I could hear or be with God in a really real way every day. And really where it changed for me was um, there was a woman in my life who also volunteered with me and worked with me. And I came to know her as a mentor. and. About um, three and a half years ago, we met for coffee, and I just remember asking her, okay, level with me. What do you have that I don't have? (laughs) And I want it if I can have it. And I just felt like she, there was an inner peace, there was a confidence, there was a boldness to her. And the way she talked about Jesus, it was like a friend, a dad, um, her home. It it just felt like there was an an vulnerability and intimacy Mm that I had not tasted of consistently at all. And so that began um, 
a time of about, um, well, we're still meeting actually, um, mm -hmm. of meeting with her frequently, um, several times a month and, and sometimes less often, and, and going through a lot of different exercises that we did together, but mostly just a lot of um, talking and journaling and praying together. And from that, I just really did come to a point where I learned more and more how to invite God into my daily life and learned how to experience him directly. So that was really the beginning of the journey. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. There's something that you said in there that really resonates with, with my story too, Steph. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it, I think, a few times um, in working with people really in this topic all over the globe from different cultures. And as you said, you were kind of desperate, like mm -hmm. uh, you're burned out. I mean, so you, you'd been a Christian since you were five. And at this point, you were had been at this Christian game you know, for quite yeah. a while. And yeah. yet you're saying, I wish there was something more. Yes. And so, so your mentor led you into this, mm -hmm. this different experience. What was that like after mm -hmm. so many years of following Jesus sort of in the, the way we come to understand, I'm assuming you, I mean, you, you use professional ministry life and yeah. I mean, so you sort of are a professional Christian in a yeah. way growing up and all that stuff. And so what was it like to go from that experience to, Hey, you can actually interact with God and, and, um, come to get something more as it were or learn something mm. more to be really honest it was challenging yeah. um because it was it was painful mm -hmm. i felt like i had in a lot of ways to allow myself to be super honest with god in ways i hadn't mm -hmm. let myself be mm -hmm. and asking him really hard questions about the way things had happened in my life and what had gone down as in childhood and i felt like i had to mm -hmm ask him those things that I had held back on and I had to face the fact that I was fearful of being close to him. Mm -hmm. That there had been things in my life leading up to that point where I didn't like, frankly, being close to anyone. And so he's he could be the closest one of all and I was struggling with that. It was also joyful yeah. because I was feeling things that I had never felt before and I was feeling some freedom in areas that I hadn't felt before. I remember one huge transition for me was feeling like everything I did was kind of checking off the Christian list. Mm -hmm. Like you, you pray and you go through your laundry list and don't forget aunt Joe and got to make sure that I pray these scriptures over my kids. It evolved over the years, these prayer practices that I would do and, and fill in the blank Bible studies and nothing, absolutely nothing is wrong with them because they right. created a foundation and absolutely. could be appropriate again for me in my life. But it was just, they were so, there was an impersonal nature to them. And the shift then was more coming and being silent before God and spending some time just quietly um, being in a place where I might be open to him speaking to me and where maybe even some unpleasant thoughts and feelings might come up for me mm -hmm. and being aware that that had been a barrier that maybe I had been trying to run away for that quiet from that true quiet time because I wasn't doing something. I was going to be more in a position of receiving. Did it seem to you like God's main interest in you was you doing stuff for him? Yes. That's what it sounds like you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah, like my whole life. Yeah, it was about doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not about being. And more and more as I started to hear from him, I started to hear a different story, a different tune. Yeah. And it was more about him just wanting to be with me. And that was shocking and a little uncomfortable, Yeah. but also super relieving. Yeah. That's so true when you first start this journey of trying to interact. So if we said <laughs> God is communicating, reaching out, talking, whatever, all the time with us, then, oh my gosh, then mm. that challenges so much and challenges our views of him and, mm. 
whether or not he can be trusted. I think you yeah. sort of touched on that in a way. It's like, that's a big thing. That's why prayer is sort of the crucible of really growing our relationship. We can't mm-hmm. grow. We can only grow so far without it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah. Well, and it strikes me that there's probably a lot of people who, like you just shared, and I mean, all of us were nodding our heads, um, learned about faith, learned about God, learned about prayer, and, and, and maybe what they learned was, was really meaningful for a season. But then, you know, we, we grow and, and we mature and life changes. And what used to be meaningful, it, that becomes different, maybe less meaningful or less significant. And, you know, it's not hard to look around and find people who, who are willing to help you deconstruct and maybe throw away what used to be there. But what I'm hearing from you is a kind of a hopeful sense of, well... Deconstruct maybe, but but not deconstruct to throw away, but to say, oh, maybe there's actually more, more. to what it looks like yep. to interact with God. And I, so I, I guess I just hope that people, that us here sitting here listening and, and others listening might go, you know what, maybe there is more. Maybe yep. there's some hope if I'm desperate. Maybe if faith or prayer is feeling dead, maybe that's because there's growth for how I can understand what this is all really about. Yeah. Steph, we were talking just before the show and you were sharing, I mean, this, this, what you just shared about generally has some really specific ways that your prayer life has, mm-hmm. has pretty dramatically changed. Would you be willing to share kind of what this has looked like uh, in practice for you, having, having your eyes open to interacting with God in some new ways? Yeah, definitely. So just lately, um, I'll tell you what I've been experiencing. Yeah. And this is after... I feel like just wanting to give credit to my mentor and then a conference that I attended on the Emmanuel Prayer Approach, Um, but just all of those experiences and and then others talking and speaking into my life has kind of converged into a practice that I do almost daily, but not forcefully, Mm. um, where I, I do want to put myself in a position where I hear from God. And sometimes I start off by just being silent before him and my mind is just flooded with thoughts and it's sometimes just so hard to just be still and listen even if you have a phrase of scripture that you repeat over and over or just the intention to stay connected and so um one thing that's really worked for me is to pick a recent positive memory Mm. that it doesn't even have to have god in the situation for me i'll describe mine it's um a mountain river and um, we actually, my husband and I traveled and went camping um, to a campground a couple years ago. And it was a bright summer afternoon, not too hot, not too cool, that quintessential Colorado. And went and sat next to the river with my dog, Ozzy, who's a brown Australian shepherd, super comforting. And I just sat next to the river, had gotten myself some towels and watered them up. So I was super comfy. And I ended up just laying next to the river with my dog and ended up actually falling asleep for a while. And then when I woke up, I just felt such peace. And obviously it was beautiful. The sky was that crystal clear blue, not a cloud in the sky, trees waving. The water was just dancing and the sound of it was so mesmerizing. And that was my memory. Hmm. And it was a place where I was calm, where I was peaceful. And I was challenged to invite or ask do I see Jesus here? And if so, where is he? And at first I was able to just see him standing on the other side, on the bank. And I didn't feel quite ready for him to join me. And he was okay with that. I was probably less okay with that. 
And then the next step, if you will, of going into that memory was seeing him just walk across to join me. And again, that created a little fear inside of me because I was like, again, what are you going to want from me? What do you want from me? Mm -hmm. And instead, he just sat next to me. And in fact, we both have in the scene our knees kind of drawn up with our arms around our knees. And we're just sitting shoulder to shoulder. Mm. And we're looking, we're just experiencing the beauty that's around us together. An Aussie, our do- the dog. <laughs> and which I think was a total gift from Jesus for this season. And so I think there I've been able to, one, just find a place of comfort a place where I can interact and be with Jesus. And then a few times he has talked to me. I feel like I've heard not an audible voice, but just an impression of something he wants me to know. Um, Probably the first one was just, um, I was asking over and over, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? There's actually a secular song that's that's the tagline, what do you want from me? (laughs) And I just kept saying it over and over because I felt so overwhelmed in my life and there were so many people Mm -hmm. wanting something from me. And so I'm like, surely Jesus, you gotta want something from me too. So you're next, what do you want from me? And I just felt like he said, nothing, literally nothing. And I just want you to sit here with me. And that was just really powerful because I grew up in a family where a lot was required of myself and my sisters to help my parents be okay. And so to know that I didn't have to make this dad okay felt super relieving. And there's been other similar encounters where he said something kind of small and simple that has been super profound. So to answer in a very long way your question, it's going to the river right now and sitting with Ozzy and Jesus and just being being there with him as long as I can be mm. in a day and seeing if there's anything he's going to share with me or if it's just being in his presence and if that's enough. If you were to, I mean, you've kind of already done this, but I'm, I'm wanting to try and give people, uh, you know, some, some access points for kind of what we're talking mm-hmm. about. If you were to talk a little bit more specifically, kind of compare and contrast. 20 years ago, I would have called prayer this or described it this way. But today, what what are some of the things that come to your mind? Let's try three and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Literally three and a half years ago, Hmm. it looked like kind of just my whole, like, let's say devotional time was getting out my current Bible study book, and working through the exercises, again, nothing wrong with it, but just you know, being in scripture for some intentional time, then closing it, and then sometimes getting out a list, literally a list of things that I would help me focus my prayers. And basically it really, it, it, sometimes it was agonizing before God, sometimes it was kneeling, sometimes it was laying on the floor, but it was so much me like almost like a verbal journal, just kind of spewing all the stuff I needed God to do for me. And I was mature enough, I guess, to recognize he wasn't going to do everything on the list and he may not do anything at all. In fact, trust has been a huge issue for me. So a little, it felt at some level futile for many years because it was like, why am I doing this when he's going to do what he's going to do anyway? What is the purpose of prayer? And a lot of people would say, well, it's to interact with them. It's to have a relationship. That's what I always heard, even in books that I had read about it. But I wasn't getting that. I wasn't getting the interaction. Mm -hmm. I was just more spewing out, venting out um, what I needed. And again, I don't think anything's wrong with that. I think God can contain where we are in whatever season. But I was just missing 
being with his presence and being able to lay out, I think I still pray that way. I think there's times where I still ask him for things, obviously. I'm human and I still have needs and desires, but it feels like I'm not just talking to some mystical thing out there that I don't know really cares or will even come to my aid and my rescue. It feels like someone now who wants to sit with me by a river mm-hmm. and who wants to spend time with me mm-hmm. and doesn't want anything from me. And that's just changed everything. That's so good. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. kind of keep coming back to if, if anybody is looking at their life and saying, you know, if there's a God like show up because I'm like, I'm not seeing it or I'm not feeling it. I'm just, I'm just hearing this, this, offering of hope that there's there is a way to be with God that isn't forced or stressful or burdened but is freeing and and life-giving well Steph so glad you were with us and um, listeners I hope that you take the opportunity to consider what would it look like to become more interactive with a God who we believe is always with us. Um, next episode, uh, come back, check out the next episode. We're actually going to do a short guided practice of the very thing that Steph was just sharing about. Um, again, so glad you could be with us.